0: I just got to piggyback a bit on what Eric said. Back in October, he and I were really, really uh, concerned, and we agreed upon a statement, let's give God time to move. Oh my gosh, move he did, but I've got to thank you. Right now, because of your generosity in that dark, difficult place, Haiti, our orphanage has the necessary resources to feed our children, the boys in the orphanage, the staff, the staff, And and you gotta know, if you're unfamiliar with our church, when people give, every dime goes to the place of need. None is taken out for some kind of administrative cost, uh, like happens in, let's say, charity, because this isn't a charity. We're not making donations. This is love happening for the kingdom of God. And so the boys in the orphanage are being clothed and well-fed, taken care of. But just like we have a feeding program here, and I gotta thank you for that, $10,000 of our Christmas love offering is designated to cover a whole year of providing hungry people in the immediate area. They come on Wednesday, and we give them a week's worth of groceries. The next Wednesday, we deliver a week's worth of groceries to people who are shut in and can't get out. And so week after week, Wednesday after Wednesday, your generosity takes care of hungry people in our immediate area. Our orphanage in Haiti also has a feeding program for the community. Now, you just can't open it up there. There have been times when Deb and I have been there, and it is scary when you just get surrounded in a sea of desperate people. But what happens, our orphanage goes door to door, particularly to the elderly. The elderly are the forgotten in Haiti. They don't have social security. They don't have retirement. They don't have Medicare. They got nothing unless we help them. And so we feed them. And uh, our son, Wilkie, um, after his mom was murdered, um, never knew his dad, but he grew to appreciate the love of a single mom for him and all of his brothers and sisters. And so it's not just the elderly, but it's single moms. We go to their homes with food to help them with their groceries for their children. So I just got to thank you for your generosity, making a difference for hurting people in this world. In fact, I'd like to ask you to pray with me about it right now. Father, I, I am blown away by this church. The people that come to this church are absolutely amazing. They're just growing in Jesus and they're giving just a reflection of their relationship with him. But it's touching, hurting people in dark, painful places of this world, in our community and places like Katie. We love you, Lord. And I call down your favor on each person here gathered to hear your word in Jesus' name, amen. Here's what we're after, 2022. We figured out, resolutions do not work. 80% of resolutions fail. What will bring about desired change in my life and yours is commitment to truths. And so we have eight of them for, for you. We're going into what scholars call the greatest book of the Bible in chapter eight, which is called the greatest chapter in the Bible. And we have eight truths to integrate into your life. You can grab these bookmarks on your way out or download them. At home, You can also download or pick up on your way out a study guide for this week. Or Randy has his book, Our Discipleship Pastor. Uh, This is like 135 days. This is like study guide on steroids. You can get one of these as well. Um, I want to start with a question for everyone, guys in the room and uh, you guys at home. If I could put your life on a bumper sticker, What would it say? Let me give you some choices. No cussing. My life is so-so. Would that be a descriptive, appropriate to where your marriage is, your money is, your emotion? My life is so-so. Or how about this one? My life is a struggle. And you could spend all day telling somebody if they would listen and not walk away, what a struggle you're in. Would that be your bumper sticker? Or the next one is one that I've heard repeatedly over the course of the last 20, 22 months. My life is insane. Too pressurized, too stressful, too busy, too overwhelming. It's insane and I just can't go on. It's unsustainable. Would that be your bumper sticker? Or how about this one? In my life, I choose to soar. And that's a choice that anyone that knows Jesus can make. If you know Jesus, if he's your Lord and Savior, that's your choice, you can choose that. You can choose to soar beyond so-so. You can choose to soar above the struggle. You can choose to soar out of the insane and unsustainable into peace and joy and hope. You get to choose. So here's today's truth. The secret to soaring is a Holy Spirit powered life. Now that may seem a little odd if you're new to Christianity but here's the deal, God is spirit. That's why he, and he is three in one. God the Father, Jesus God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. As spirit, the three of them can merge and be one and separate and do their different functions. By the same token, you're not just flesh and blood. You are flesh and blood, but you are more. You are spirit. You have a spirit in you. That's how the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, can take up residence, move in your spirit, and do life in you. And when that happens, when you, are, when you set him free to do that, that's when your life can soar above the so-so, beyond the struggle. Uh, away from the insane and unsustainable. Uh, let me just illustrate by telling you this true story. Happened in 1979 on June 12th. Brian Allen broke a historic record, aviation history. He made aviation history. He flew over the English Channel 22 miles. I mean, it's dangerous. It's treacherous. And you may think, what? Well, 1979, lots of planes had flown over the English Channel, but his plane had no engine. He achieved sustained flight by pedaling and pedaling and pedaling. I think I have a picture, there it is. He pedaled and, he had to pedal 75 revolutions a minute for three hours and it, it, it started well. I mean, he was just really feeling pumped and he was pedaling and pedaling and pedaling. And then he hit unexpected headwinds and the increased physical exertion created severe leg cramping. He thought he was gonna have to throw in the towel. He thought he was gonna have to crash in the sea. And then just as quickly as the headwinds had blown up, the surface winds calmed down. And so he pedaled and he pedaled and he pedaled Until he landed his craft after three hours on a beach on the coastline of France. The only way he could sustain flight, he averaged seven miles an hour at an altitude of five feet. But he pedaled, and that's the way some people exhaust themselves have an exhausted marriage have exhausted emotions do exhausted parenting do an exhausted job because they're just going through life on their own strength it's not just 3 hours it's 3 months 3 years 30 years uh, 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 on their own it's no reason you're running on fumes that you're out of gas and that life becomes so so a struggle unsustainable and insane the opposite, by contrast, is getting on a 747. Have you ever flown on a jet? Gone someplace? All you got to do is sit there and you listen to the flight attendant buckle up. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> But it's the plane that does the work. It does the lift. 500 miles an hour. At 40,000 feet, you do nothing but sit there and it carries you to soar. It's the same way doing life. You can do pedal, 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 uh, 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 grunt, 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 leg cramps, high winds. That's how you can go through life. That's how you can do relationships. That can be your emotions. Or you can choose to do life in the Spirit. Here's the promise of God those who trust in the Lord, that can be you. That can be your choice. You can choose trusting in him, not your own intellect, not your own physical strength, not your own people skills. You can trust in the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength every day for every problem, for every struggle, in every trustful situations. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. Now that, that's your choice. I'll be real, the vast majority of people do not make that choice. They choose what I call a sour life. A sour choice. You see the the, the choice that sours a life, a marriage that sours your emotions. The choice that sours a life is a choice for self. That's you. Peddling for all your worth, it's all about you. All your worth, whatever the headwinds, whatever the leg cramps, you're just doing it for you. And it will sour your life. You see, when you focus on self, life, Sours. Relationships sour. Emotions go south and sour. But a focus on the Spirit is a life that soars. So let me take you once again. Greatest chapter in the Bible, Romans chapter 8. This weekend, it's verses 5 through 11. Here's the Word of God. Those who live according to the flesh. Now, That's a weird way to talk. It's not the way that we talk. When we we think of the word flesh, we think of the skin that hangs on our bones. But that's not what Paul meant. And the best way for me to understand, I'll just share this with you. Maybe it'll it'll help you. Let's look at the word flesh. Okay, you, you cross out the last letter H because that stands for him, God. So take that apart. H stands for him, stands for God, then spell the word backwards, S-E-L-F, self. So the flesh is self without him, without God. So when you see Paul write about the flesh, he's writing about someone who is doing life by their self without God. So let's get back to the text. The word of God says, those who live according to their self, their flesh, have their minds set on what their self desires, they wake up in the morning thinking about what they want, what they want out of the marriage, what they want out of the situation, what they want out of the job, what what their desires are. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. They wake up thinking, man, I wonder what God can do with me today. I wonder how God can go with me and be with me at my work. I wonder what God desires for my marriage. I wonder what God desires in my money. I wonder what God desires in my parenting. The mind governed, get that, the mind governed by the self is just death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life. And peace, the mind governed. You see, mindset is the difference maker in every area of life. Mindset determines whether your life will sour or whether your life will soar. Mindset determines everything. So you wonder, well, how do I get a mindset so I can soar in my relationships, soar in my emotions, soar in my finances? How do I get that kind of mindset? Well, the same Paul that wrote to the church in Rome, Romans, book of Romans, he wrote the book of Philippians, a letter to the church in Philippi. And here's what he says about our mindset. He says this, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is. Now, what he's gonna say are attributes. He's gonna give us a litany, a list of all the attributes of Jesus. So it reads like this. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on Jesus. He's the authentic and the real. Jesus is honorable and admirable. Jesus is beautiful and respectful. Jesus is pure and holy. Jesus is merciful and kind. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on Jesus and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. What we find here are the three secrets to a life that soars out of the so-so, beyond the struggle. Uh, above the insane and the unsustainable. Three secrets of soaring. Here's the first, soaring secret number one, get fixated on Jesus. Have a mind governed by the Spirit. Let your thoughts be on everything that's good and great and wondrous about Jesus. 16 months ago, I was depressed. And uh, with depression comes anxiety. And I, I was at the end of myself, so I made a decision. I knew where a lot of the stress was coming from, and I decided to cut it out of my life. It was being a bear fan. That's just kidding. <laughs> That's really true. No. no, it was watching the news. I made a decision 16 months ago, I am not reading the news, I am not watching news. And instead of reading the news and watching the news, I'm gonna take that period of time and I'm gonna invest myself in Jesus. Now I still pick up on news because my wife tells me what the news is. But when you double down on Jesus, when you get fixated on Jesus, now 16 months later, depression is history anxiety is gone yeah it's the peace of God when you when you get fixated on Jesus you soar into joy you soar into hope you let you trust him to handle the uncertainty you get rid of the insecurity and you trust trust us and that the spirit allows you to soar you can soar in physical strength you get greater stamina greater vitality greater energy you can soar in your emotions. You can soar in your relationships. But that's secret number one, get fixated on Jesus. Secret number two, for soaring is stay focused on God's greatness. Now it works differently for different people. Maybe it's you reading scripture and you're just overwhelmed with the greatness. For me, though I read scripture every day, for me it's all about creation and looking at the wonder of nature my Debbie and I will call each other to look at the sunset or to look at the moon rising or to look up, i look up into the stars and I think, oh my gosh, that star, it's light years away. It, maybe it's already burned out and I don't know it because it is so vastly distant from my planet. Or you know, we love Colorado. We love to go out there in the fall. So I'll think about the autumn colors in Colorado. I'll think about the beauty of the mountains, but I'll tell you something that blew me away. Deb and I, we probably bagged about 20, 14,000 foot peaks, climbed to the top, wrote our names on the register in Colorado. But the year we went out to hike the Grand Canyon with a bunch of people from the church, Ron and Kathy, you were with us, weren't you? I had never seen anything so beautiful in my life every turn as we hiked down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon where we camped out, camped our way out. It was just, so I just remind myself that, and then I say the scripture, God, you made the earth, the sky, the sea. You made everything in them. You made it all out of nothing. Nothing's too difficult for you. My God is a great God. Fixated on Jesus thoughts focused on the greatness of God. And then number three is firing up a passion for praising God. And it's not just the stuff that we do on the weekend with a great band and great vocalist because I'm a great vocalist in the shower. <laughs> Serious. If there, was a, if there was an American idol for old white men in the shower, I would clean up, no pun intended. (laughs) No, when I'm in the shower, I sing praises to God. That's just my place. You're going to find your place. It's going to be a lifestyle that when, you're, when your eyes open and your head comes up off the pillow, you say, Thank you, God, for my breath. Thank you, God, for a new day. I praise you for your greatness. I praise you for your goodness. You've been so good to me, better than I deserve. And I thank you. I praise you, Lord. You just fire up your passion for praising God. That's, that's God's best version of you and me. And there's something in our gut that tells us, that's it. That would be the best me, fixated on Jesus, focused on God's greatness, firing up my passion for praising him. But it is so counterintuitive. It is not our nature to be like that. That's why as Paul goes on in the text, he writes a stern warning about the flesh. Here's what he writes. The mindset focused on self fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction. For no matter how hard they try, 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 in their own strength, their own intellect, their own abilities, their own people skills, God finds no pleasure in those controlled by their self without God. Pedal, 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 hard, hard, hard. Go, go, go. I mean, it was a great achievement, Brian Allen, but It lasted three hours, and then he's done. Then he's exhausted, then he drops out of the flight craft and crawls across the beach as people cheer, but he is done. You can flame out if it's just you, 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 go, 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 pedal, pedal, pedal. You see, what Paul's warning us about is that just as there are three secrets to a soaring life, there are three agents that will sour your life. Here's what Paul said. Souring agent number one, you can fight God's plan. God has a plan for your life. Um, my life, part of his plan, is diabetes. Four, yesterday five shots during the day, 3,000 shots. 000- 3,000 shots so far in this little chubby belly. That's just a part of his plan. I can fight it. I can say, oh, I'm not gonna take insulin. I'm gonna eat whatever I want. I can fight his plan for my marriage. I can fight his plan for my parenting. I, I can fight his plan for me as the pastor of this church. Same is true of you. And guess what happens? I fight his plan for my marriage, and my marriage goes sour. He's got a plan for my emotions. I, I, I can fight his plan for my emotions, and my emotions go south and sour. That's a souring agent. But here's souring agent number two. Refuse to submit to his direction. He direction. He has direction for my emotions, my marriage, my parenting, for my money. And I can refuse to submit to his directions. It's just gonna be a souring agent that takes my life south and sour. And number three, third souring agent, just trying hard to go it on my own, to go it on your own, to go it on our own. When God has a phenomenal, breathtaking, good plan for us, check out what he promises. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, for soaring, and not for disaster, souring. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, my diabetes, the multiple shots of insulin during the day, the restricted diet, there's lots of diabetics in this room right now. That's not the source It's how I think about the diabetes. That's my life. you got your struggle. You've got your difficulty. You've got your challenge. Everybody does. And it's not the challenge. It's not the difficulty. It's your mindset about the challenge. And you can choose to soar or you can put your mind fixated on yourself. So... Paul, in his writing, he makes this major seismic shift. He stops talking about they this and they that. He starts talking to you. In fact, I believe that's why God has brought you this morning online or brought you into this room. He wants to speak directly into your life these words. You are no longer ruled by yourself, but by God's Spirit who lives in you. People who don't have the spirit of Christ in them, they don't belong to Christ. They don't have a choice. It's only them them on their own by themselves. You, you've got a choice. I mean, you can choose the sour way or you can choose to soar in the spirit. You can fixate on Jesus. You can focus on God's greatness. You can fire up your passion for praising God. Now, Paul, he gets pretty excited because he knows, do you know who started the church in Rome? One of the best friends of Jesus, his name was Peter. And Peter was famous for preaching a certain way and a certain kind of sermon. For 30 years he had preached in Rome. And Paul knew what he preached, he preached this. Peter said, change your life, turn to God and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? So your sins are forgiven. And then, and then, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Knowing that these Roman believers had been baptized and had received the Holy Spirit, he gets all wound up with excitement. And this is what he writes. Christ lives in you. There are those who don't have the Spirit of Christ in them. They don't belong to Jesus. But Christ lives in you. And you are alive because God has accepted you. Is that great news for you today? Now let me ask you, what is it about your life that makes you acceptable to God? What is it about my life that makes me acceptable to God? Absolutely nothing. On the cross there was this moment when Jesus was dying in our place for our sin and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you rejected me? Why have you forsaken me? You see, Jesus was rejected of God totally, that we might be accepted by God, totally. If you believe that Jesus is God who died on the cross for your sins, everything wrong with you goes on Jesus and everything right with Jesus is imputed to you. Everything bad about me goes on Jesus and everything good about, the goodness of Christ comes on me by my belief in him. All our ugly, evil imperfections are put on Jesus and all the glory and beauty of his perfection is imputed to us. And when God sees us, he accepts us based on the, on the glorious, fully finished work of Jesus on the cross. So it's nothing that we do or could ever do. And we, are, we would never be not accepted based on something bad we've done. We are accepted based on what Jesus has done. But that's only half the gospel. Here's the other half. God raised Jesus to life and that victory, we get to live in it, this is how we soar and when Deb and I pray at night and take communion, I love to pray, Lord, we want to love each other and serve you and worship and live in the incomparably great power by which you raised Jesus from the dead. We're just praying scripture, Ephesians chapter one, God raised Jesus for, to life. That's our victory. So God's spirit now lives in you and he will raise you to life to soar. So that's the truth to which we commit ourselves this new year. This is our second truth from Romans 8. Let me show you. Boop. I commit to believe God's Spirit lives in me. This is a, a life changer. I want you to say it with me. I'll say it phrase by phrase. You just repeat it after me. I I commit, I commit. to believe, to believe. God's, Spirit. God's Spirit lives in me. Lives in me. I, commit. I commit to believe. God's spirit, God's spirit lives in me. I want you to hear that truth of the sound of your own voice. I want it memorized for you. Those of you at home, you better be saying it out loud or I'll come find you. <laughs> Let's do it one more time. Are you ready? I commit, I commit to, believe to believe God's spirit, God's spirit. Lives, in lives in me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. And so you say, David, how can that be? if if the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in me, then why am I so easily defeated in my emotions? Why am I so easily defeated by my thoughts? Why am I so easily defeated by what people say to me or think about me or, or, or do to me? Well, you truly do have the Holy Spirit resident in your life, but you have to ask yourself, you gotta do a gut check, a Holy Ghost gut check with this question, is the Holy Spirit a mere resident in my life or is the Holy Spirit the president of my life? That's the difference. I'll be real with you. I've been praying for the last year and a half that the Holy Spirit would be the president of this church. I've been praying that Central Christian would be a church filled with the Holy Spirit I've been praying that he would fall on us, empower us, and um, I'm aware that it starts with me, and it starts with you. And if it's true of you, and if it's true of me, if it's true of us, that, that the Holy Spirit is the president of our lives, that we are filled, that he is governing our thoughts, that he is governing our emotions, that he is governing our behavior, that he is governing our church. We will be a church that soars on a trajectory beyond any imagination, beyond how great we were pre-COVID, beyond what anyone could ever guess. God will make us stronger, more prevailing, more beautiful, more reflective of his glory. Um... So, I'm gonna invite you to stand with me right now. And I'm gonna invite you to pray with me for the Holy Spirit. Now, if you are not a Christ follower, let me just say something. Our David is right over here. We're gonna have prayer people at either side of the auditorium at both levels. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you go right to David, okay? Because this prayer is a prayer for people who, who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It is now a prayer for the Holy Spirit to be the president, not just resident, but the president of our lives. And I, if you're gonna pray it, I'd like for you to pray it with all of your heart. Again, I'll pray a phrase, you pray after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit Please, Please. Spirit of the living God, God. fill my life. life. Be the governing force force. in my life. life. Holy Spirit, Spirit. I'm sorry sorry. for trying to do do. my life on my own strength. I humbly surrender surrender. All all areas of my life to you. Holy Spirit, Help me keep my mind fixed on Jesus. Help me stay focused on God's greatness. Holy Spirit, please fire up my passion for praising God in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen Amen and stinking amen again. I love you. I thank God for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.